you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and we have a very, very special show in store for you today. There are not one, not two, but three of us on board for today's show. This is Express. And my co-host, Lisa Berry, has joined me today. And we have a very special guest whom Lisa will introduce in a moment. Express is a series that we're beginning here on Decide to Transform, How to Lead Differently. And we're helping people in the world show up, lead, and teach differently. This is, again, the first in the series. And my co-host, Lisa Berry, has featured with me here on the show before. Lisa is the host of Light on Living on Ohm Times Radio, the internet radio show, a holistic nutritionist, an entrepreneur, a life coach, and a very, very dear friend of mine. But Lisa, welcome. Hello. Woohoo! Time to express. <laughs> yes, yes. And Lisa's going to introduce our special guest here today. Oh, I'm really, really happy to be bringing on this lovely lady, this incredible mom and this passionate person. Her name is Arlene Wallace. And this is, as I mentioned, she's a passionate single parent. And Arlene actually was born in Jamaica and then came over to uh, Canada at the age yeah, five or six. <laughs> she started her life here. And as she went through for school, I think she really, really, really was called to do this. I think she was truly meant to do this. She studied in psychology and child and youth counseling. And after she had her beautiful, wonderful baby boy son, um, quite a few years ago, she's had some, ooh, some adventures, which she'll be sharing with us. And I call them adventures to put them on the positive side, but she's going to share with us um, some really tough lessons that she gained. And she felt it her mission to teach and share with others and other single parents so that they didn't have to go through what she did. So welcome, Arlene. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. It's a privilege to be here. <laughs> we're happy to have you. This is great. And we're happy that you're the very first person to be our guest here on this series. So we're really looking forward to the conversation. So am I. Thank you so much once again, Thomas. You bet. Of course, it's my pleasure. So Arlene, tell us a little bit more than you came from Jamaica and you have a background in psychology as a child and youth counselor and also you're the son of the uh, knife's very wonderful young man noah who was born in 1997 so how did you begin to get into the psychology child and youth counseling background well um my son was born um first of all i'll let me tell you my history um when I was a little bit younger, before conceiving my son, the doctors mm -hmm. told me that because my hormones were out of whack, because I had really bad menstrual pains when I was younger, really bad, they told me that it would be very difficult 
for me to conceive. So to my surprise, um, with his father, I got connected with his father. I didn't really use protection, to be honest, because I thought, well, I can't get pregnant anyways. Mm -hmm. But, however, (laughs) I did, to my surprise. And I was really (laughs) grateful for that, because that's always been one of my dreams. Oh, okay. You know, the white picket fence dream in a family. Hmm. So, however, <laughs> my life has been not easy, to be honest with you. Everything okay. that I have came with a struggle. Uh, my son, actually, thank God, he is now 23, but he was born at 23 and a half weeks. Oh, wow. So he was born very, very preemie. Mm-hmm. They couldn't give me a diagnosis whether or not he was going to live. But over time, when he was in the incubator, he was actually a fighter. My best friend came, his godmother, to visit him. And she looked at him in the incubator and she said, no, he's a survivor. He's going to make it. Because he was pulling on the tubes. Oh, oh all right. Yeah, at that <laughs> small stage he looked like an alien to be honest Mm. so however as time progressed um i did fear for his health over time i had my mother she helped me take care of him to help him develop you know she would literally make him like food like jamaican food from the very start but purified it once he was able to take food Nice, lucky baby. Yeah, yes. (laughs) So over time, prior to going back to school, he was in elementary. I didn't know how to be a mother at that time. At that time, once he was in daycare and kindergarten, because I took, I don't want to say advantage, but I literally did take advantage of my mom being there. And I realized that now, Because after I found out, or I felt, however, that he was okay now, I started going out again with my friends. Mm -hmm. Until, because in the initial stages, the first year, the doctors were really impressed how well he was doing. He didn't get sick or anything. But then I started going out, living my life again, and... And I'm not feeling guilty because it was a life lesson. But then at the age of two, he started to get sick and he had to go in hospital. So that changed my whole perspective. And I started to be grateful and more attentive Okay. as a mom. Um, so then, therefore, as he's getting older and he's enrolled, he's in elementary or daycare, sorry. Because I didn't pay that attention to him initially after he started understanding more, seeing more, because he's developing. He had developed um, behavioral issues in uh, daycare into his first year of JK. So that is what that got, that got my attention because sure. of that gap. So, right. now, Eileen, 
when you yes. say like, this is really important to, to all, I guess all parents and, and listeners, when you say the, um, behavior caught your attention, you can, that's, but you mean in a, not, um, oh, like a lot of people, kids will, you know, re, um, act out badly or poorly, but then the parents might reprimand or discipline, but you're not saying that you're saying caught your attention, like to pay attention, to pay attention because I was getting calls from the schools, right? Like daycare and uh, elementary. Mm -hmm. So more Um, love and attention and concern and interest is what you were kind of. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. It's very important to be aware. To be aware. So once um, that with that, with that kind of, were you alarmed? Is that more of like an alarming thing or like, okay, I can work with the school board now. I, have a, I can partner with them. I'm going to, I'm going to step in and take more of a more active role in the school. And, and then did you partner more so with the school? Not initially, even though I was getting those calls, <laughs> like I said, in the beginning of his early stages, I was not a good parent. I was more I was more aggravated with myself. I was aggravated with my situation. So I became aggressive initially with the school until over a period of time as he was getting older. And I started school through the psychology and the counseling. I realized, no, Arlene, you are not being the best parent that you can. It's not about you, but it's about your son. Look where he's coming from. You have to be more vigilant and making sure he's prepared. It's not about you. It's about your son. So that's what caught my attention. Yes. And at what age, uh, what age was Noah when this caught your attention? Um, he was in grade two, so maybe about seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you said this was more about preparing him because as parents, it's our, and guardians and caretakers, it's our job to prepare our children for what lies ahead of them. And I love that you use those words specifically. Like this isn't about fighting the school. It's not about fight, you know, um, or like what you said, becoming aggressive. You're not, what your, your main job is, is to prepare your child for life. That's Lisa. That is absolutely correct. It is not about you. It's about your child's life. Hmm. (laughs) And so as you went through, cause I'm, now I'm curious. I'm, I, you know, I'm patriot. I feel like I'm watching like a little cartoon strip kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and, and going through and watching Noah go to school what, throughout this time was, was your relationship with Noah. Um, could you feel it evolving? Was he still open to you or was he closing off? Like how was your relationship with him? Okay. To be honest in the, when I first started going back to school and started to try to apply what I learned first, in my own house, because I don't ever want to be a hypocrite. And I always tell my son, you are who you are in and out of your home. So in the initial stages, because it was new to him, I guess he was sort of testing me because maybe he didn't believe me because of what he had endured prior. So initially, no. Uh 
All right. I love that statement. You <laughs> are who you are in and out of your home. Arlene, I think that's like a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And another t-shirt for parents is it's not about you. It's about your child. Oh, yes. <laughs> Most definitely. So Arlene, I want to uh, come back to something you said just a moment ago that I think a lot of parents can relate to. Uh, and that is you, you said that you had been aggravated with yourself. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. I had my own issues growing up. Okay. Growing up, I was abused in many different forms. That anger, I didn't know where to disperse it or mm. even where it was coming from. Okay. I really am grateful for going back to school because it really, everything happens for a purpose. And it really opened my mind and caused me to reflect, do some self-actualization. Okay. And yes, so that anger stemmed from me growing up and experiencing the difficulties, the challenges, and the abuse that I, that I encountered. And okay. the abuse came from not strangers, but family. Mm -hmm. So it is so important to sit down and really do self-actualization because you're not angry for no reason. There's a reason right. why you're angry. There's a reason why you conduct yourself the way you conduct yourself. Yes. You know, I like to put this on the list of um, self-care tip number one from Arlene Wallace is <laughs> you <laughs> learn, learn why you learn where your challenges come from. Learn why you are angry. I love that you said that you're not angry for no reason. So self-care tip number one, learn where your challenges are showing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's so important. And Arlene, for the listeners, um, would you describe, please, a little bit more about what you mean by self-actualization for someone that may not be aware of that term? Sure. You have to take a moment out, you know, bring yourself into isolation, sit down and start thinking about your life. Okay. Start thinking where you've been and where you want to go and what is hindering you from not going there. Mm. Oh, I like that. That is helpful. Do you still do that? Do you still take oh, the time? I have to every day. Every day. Oh, I like that even more. Okay. It's like, oh, I have to every day. Ah. Oh, this is good. So what does that practice look like on a daily basis, Arlene? Sure. As soon as I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I, I'm, my faith, I'm grateful for the day. Okay. To see another day. Where I've been makes me really grateful to see the sunshine again, to rise with the sun and the setting of the sun. Because <laughs> life is like a flicker. And if you don't learn to embrace it, you're going to lose it, you know? Right. So Arlene, when I get up, mm -hmm. 
And just because the listeners and I can hear, because we know you a little bit, um, I can feel why that really means so much. Like I can feel that passion in there right now about the the availability to this life force and how fast, because you are facing some extremely life and death, um, you know, health challenges. We'll, we're going to get into that. I want the listeners to know that, that we're not, you know, this is, you're really coming from a place where you were almost not with us. And exactly. your son, your son may have almost been not with his mother. So um, exactly. listeners, please hang in here. Cause we're going to really talk about how much, who, how, what, when challenges aren't dealt with, when life stress and, and not knowing things and not taking that moment that like what you're talking about, Arlene, um, how far that can actually go if we don't, we don't love ourselves and we don't get to know ourselves and therefore extend that love to our children. So I had to interject all that. Right? That was so no, important. You're but- so right though. Thank <laughs> you for that, Lisa. You're so right. Because your son, I feel like you and your son partnered. I feel like you partnered into it. He said, all right, mom, I'm going to have some challenges at school so that you can change the world and help people have awareness. So where does that leave us with you and Noah, like along your journey when he was seven? I tell you, Noah is so amazing. He has truly matured over this experience and he has drawn much cool. Our relationship is phenomenal now. He's cool. very supportive. Oh yeah. Anything I need and I call him, he's at my beck and call because oh. he realized that he almost lost me. Okay. So now we can go back in time now because so yes, he did almost lose you, but there was a time. So what, what was it around um, in his, in his, I don't know what you call it. I don't have children. Um, primary, what do you call that school like grade five through or whatever yeah <laughs> elementary elementary so he he had some struggles and um share with us about because i think a lot of children do have struggles and because this i think your story will help parents start looking a little bit deeper and closer into their child's life like are they struggling at school what are their problems and so you caught some things um that noah was going through i did i did And again, I credit that to going back to school. He was struggling. Uh, The thing with Noah is he's very determined. Once he gets a vision or he knows he's got to do something, it's like he's got blinders on and just straight going after that goal. Okay. And so in school, uh, you know, initially, I focused, before Noah went to school, I focused more on teaching him just language, okay. you know, writing sentence. And he was one of the only children in grade one that could write his name and a full sentence. So they were very pleased with that. But then around grade three, because I started working in the school system due to his original principles that encouraged me, because I volunteered at his school um, but I always believed in giving him room. Okay. So when I was volunteering, I wasn't working with him. I was working with other kids. So his principal saw that and encouraged me to go back to school and he would support me and give me a reference letter if I did, which I did. So I did that. I graduated. I, because of his reference letter, I actually ended up getting a job um, at the Toronto Catholic District School Board. The same board was in, but different schools. 
So I, it was really funny because, I mean, funny, but purposely funny because every year I worked with the same grade that Noah worked because I dealt with kids with behavioral issues, count all of that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Special needs. So mm -hmm. I started recognizing the curriculum and Noah wasn't coming home with that, only with the language, right? Okay. But then I'm like, at about grade three, and it took me this long, all the way in fast forwarding to grade six, mm -hmm. I realized he wasn't, even though he was in special ed, right? Uh, they guaranteed me that if I put him in special ed, that he would meet his milestones. So I said, okay, great. Because I'm the busy single mom, you know, going to school, working. I didn't rely on me to pay attention to my child's education. Okay. I relied on the school system, the teachers. Uh. And I missed so much. And so did Noah because he still has challenges with math because that whole foundation was lost. Because grade six teacher interview, teacher parent interview, like I said, like starting from about grade four, grade five, but more so grade five, I said, where's the work? Even though Noah is in special ed for math, where's the work that he's supposed to be coming, even though it's supposed to be modified? So he was coming home with basic addition, subtraction, okay. division in grade six, where we're way past that. Mm -hmm. So they would send home just barely anything and it only lasted for a week so i got caught up in my own stuff again didn't pay much attention until it hit me during that parent teacher view um grade six when the teacher said to me your child will never reach grade level math by the time he leaves elementary i sunk it's like my whole system just sunk and i was like blaming myself in that moment and okay. eventually i took him out i put him in the regular class in grade seven and it was very they made it very challenging for him he was coming home with tons and tons of homework that he couldn't finish he would start after he would come home eat something and start his homework he couldn't finish it so I said, at the end of grade seven, I said, Noah, I and when I brought it forth to the staff, even the principal, they're like, well, you took him out of special ed. We cannot help him because he's no longer on an IEP. So okay. I said, Noah, by the end of grade seven, I said, Noah, I have to speak to you. Can I take you out of this school? Because it's not conducive to your learning. You're not going to succeed here. It's clear. And he was like, mom, he was so sad. All my friends are here. What am I supposed to do? I said, Noah, if they are true friends, they will be there for you no matter where you are. Right? You have a cell phone. They have cell phones. You know their parents. That's fine. You will be okay. Can you trust me, please? This is for you. He goes, okay, mom. So I put him in a public school that he went to. Uh, I put him in Smithfield. It's a public school that he went to 
during after school. And he built phenomenal relationships even there with teachers. So they were happy to embrace him in grade eight. Oh, Arlene, I just, before yeah. we get too far, because there's something that you mentioned that I didn't want to miss this. And for parents who are going through this, you, I love that you said, you know, as a single working mom who also is going to school, um, yes. where, how, do, how does a parent in that situation make the time, find the time, stop their doing to, and how do they, like, they're going to ask their child, well, do you have any homework? Oh, no, mom, I don't have any homework. Um, how does that parent know how, if they do or not, how are they supposed to know the curriculum? I mean, you have the, that advantage of um, volunteering and working at that grade level. So how, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm imagining this poor stressed out single mom going to school, going yeah. to work and going, ah, now I have to do what? How do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that difficulty. I understand that challenge. So if it's too much for you to take time out depending on your work hours, you know, apart from being aware. If you cannot do it during that time of work hours, there's always time that you could make whatever your off hours are. But during that time, it's important if you're not able for the sake of your child to get a tutor or someone that you can trust to oversee that with your child, so they do succeed. There's always a way. Okay. You, you earlier had stressed um, having someone like outside of you that's reliable, um, that it's, it's all three of you. It's you, your child, and this person. Um, exactly. And I, I remember you saying to build that relationship where the child knows that they're, they can fully trust and be comfortable and safe with that person on their own, as well as know it's a, exactly. it's a, it's a trio. They're all, the communication and the conversations are, are, for everyone and that's right. like a yeah that's and how do how do you how would you find someone like that is there, is there I find, yeah I through my relationships um you know even if it's a family member an uncle or an aunt that you're close with and can provide that nurturing okay family yeah. is very important or friendship is very important you know, you could even reach out to community that will supply or give you that information. You know, a mentor, I guess what I'm trying to say is that a mentor for yeah. a child, if you are a single person, is truly important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I did for my son. And over time, he grew so much. Yeah, okay. Okay, so self-care tip number two by Arlene Wallace. I love <laughs> Have a mentor for your child. I because that is self-care. That no yes. that is you as a single parent being responsible, you making the time yes. to um uh, provide that for your child and yourself so that you, yes. that you can have the, the mental space to do what you need to do, whether it's work or, or school or or something, but also know that you have yet. Yeah, I like that. I like that as a self-care tip number two. <laughs> <laughs> And Arlene, what is it that you suppose um, that happens with parents, whatever, whatever situation they're in in life, uh, what do you suppose happens that causes them to neglect these self-care tips that we're talking about? Oh, well, the situations that you're in, the relationship right. that you're in, mm-hmm. if you experience negativity of any sort right. or abuse 
of any sort in those relationships and you don't pay attention to those like you will take that anger out on your child when it has nothing to do with your child so if you're in a bad relationship and you know you're in a bad relationship when you know you're not um happy you know you've got to be honest with yourself and face that so right. you can deal with it yes and yeah. not take it out on your child can i ask and you arlene think, uh, mm-hmm. have you had to um break uh, like end relationships because maybe they you thought they were good but you recognized because did your relationship ever shift with your son based on um a romantic relationship that you had to let go of and say my son absolutely more than once and um that's honesty yes more than once till it got to the point i'll tell you something even most recently because my son has become very intuitive with my ex they went to the raptors game i mean the raptors parade okay last year Yeah. yeah cool and my son had liked this person that i was with i thought it odd that he would take him or ask but i said okay sure he would love that you know ask him because he's of age so of course he went and i don't know what happened at that parade but after they came home my son was home do you know he totally disconnected with this person and i noticed that and then shortly after things started to go haywire with this person and i i cut it i had to break it off okay because you know when it's not good for you you know deep down you know and you have to pay attention for self preservation and and as you speak of that which is very very important and um you said you you know so if this i think this is a good time to introduce that you actually went super super unaware not self-preserving but went through some extreme stress um, for two reasons not just because you're in some you know romantic relationship and you you know <laughs> lost sight but because you were trying to work with the school system you're trying to get your son help but you had all this going on can you share with us your your state of health that you had gone through during that time and then where you are now well <clears throat> starting with my own son and his quality of life i started to expand that in my career in my kids that i worked with cuz i worked in areas that were so called known as high risk areas where you have a lot of single parents a lot of single moms and these kids raising themselves latchkey kids oh, and those yeah. that are actually taking care of their siblings like a parent because the parent had no choice but to work so I became very passionate and i saw the resources that these kids needed so i tried to implement so many things in the catholic school board starting from my school cuz my thought or my goal was to expand it to other schools okay so I was not getting any support 
whatsoever. I was getting a lot of talk, but no support, no backing. Um, so I took that on. I took it on all by myself. I tried to reach out to even superintendents, but they would give me, yes, 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 da, 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 yes, we could do this. Okay. But you can't do it by yourself. That's the one thing I realized. So I became very, and the words took forever if they ever came through at all. And so I took that on. I stopped literally eating, which was something I never thought I would do. But that's how heavy the stress was. I lost my appetite. Yes. I wasn't sleeping properly. I couldn't sleep because I'm thinking and thinking about these kids. How am I going to get these resources implemented? Like some people in the board, they tried, but the hierarchy did not budge, did not budge. Okay. So that's what led to the situation I'm in now where my kidneys failed hmm. due to stress due to lack of, because I asked my doctor, well, how does your kidneys fail? Because I was retaining. Now I'm very small in size, but okay. during that time, I bloated up to almost 300 pounds because of the water retention. Crazy. I went through hell hmm. at night. There were times where I had to sit up on my couch in my living room to try to sleep. I couldn't lie down and breathe at the same time and sleep because that's how much water accumulated in my system. Yeah. And, um, and my son was, and my mother, they are so phenomenal. I'm so, they supported me. They would sit with me at night because there were times I was afraid to go to sleep at night because I couldn't breathe. Oh, okay. So, Arlene, with a, a big thing here is that, you know, what, what can start off and seem so um, light, like, oh, you know what, I'm not feeling um, well, I'm thinking too much, I can't sleep, or I, I don't have an appetite, I'm stressed. Those are common things we hear people say, but mm -hmm. there's a line when it crosses to an extreme where, in your situation especially, is that you, you, you've taken on this single parent feeling for more than just your own child, but for all like many of the children, and it really consumed you. So this, this self-care yeah. tip that we're going to go into is really about where, um, how, how looking back, how would you have done it any differently? Because it sounds like your heart was just so open and you were just working tirelessly, relentlessly to ah, get some help and get some solutions. Mm -hmm. But how could you have done it differently? Well, how I could have done it differently was, first of all, stop and realize that your body is a physical being. And in this three-dimensional world that we live in, you've got to pay attention to your body because it talks to you. Right. And if you don't take the time to stop and get yourself assessed after those overwhelming feelings or 
your body knows when something is wrong because it gives you pain. Yeah. That's how you know something is wrong. So you've got to pay mm. attention to that and take care of you first because nobody else will. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have to do self-care tip number three by Arlene Wallace is listen <laughs> to your body. It talks to you and it is a physical being. Yes. And Arlene, as far as the self-care tip number three, listening to your body, uh, again, what is it that you suppose blocks people from heeding those messages? Because yes, it sends you pain and, and we, um, we experience all kinds of discomfort, but what do you think gets in the way of people heeding the message that it's trying to send you? I, you know, honestly, I believe it is health is truly taken for granted. It really is. You think you're going to wake up and have it every day if you're a healthy person. But if you do not pay attention, you will quickly lose that. If you take care of your body, your body will take care of you. Okay. Right. I love that. That's beautiful. So here you are, you're, well, thank goodness, your, your son is just loving on you and your mother's there to help you, but you are here, like normally, you know, a hundred, a buck 20 or less, and you're, and, and you're there at 300 pounds with this extreme amount of pain and fear for your life. And as a single, yes. parent, as a single yes. parent, did you fear you would die? Did you have Absolutely. that? Absolutely. There was mornings, the way I felt because the first person to die in my family was my aunt. And guess what? She died from kidney failure. Oh, okay. uh. When I woke up and saw how I was bloated, first thing that I'm like, oh my God, I look like Auntie Susie. So that's why I kind of figured, yes, it is my kidneys. You know? Yeah. Then the, I had to, now I'm currently on dialysis. And I've gone back down to my size, obviously, right? Because of the dialysis. But there were mornings I would wake up and I would say, my God, am I going to live or die today? Because I can't live like this with the excruciating pain. Yeah. yeah I would ask that question. Am I going to live or die today? And so do you go into your own self-care about being grateful? Because that's, and yeah. I like, this is coming full circle when we started, because that's, that's where that passion, I just want the listeners to know that that's where that passion was coming from you. And you said, when you wake up and see that sunrise and know that you've got another day that, mm -hmm. and it's so fast to flicker because you literally do ask that question every day. And has, were you able to, I want to say, yes, you become, uh, like, you rate it yourself. How much better of a mom are you now from that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. That, it's off the charts right now. <laughs> All right. That's good to hear. We love that. All right. <laughs> and the message that you right now, um, do you still, do you make that time for your son still? He's like, he's a young man. He's 23. But do you put that time into you're still a mom. You're still. Oh, absolutely. I have to. And that's what's drawn us closer. Oh, mm -hmm. definitely. Even when he does chores around the house for me, which is constantly for him, no. I, I pay right. him. <laughs> I pay <No>. him. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Arlene, you know, we're, we're so happy that, that your health is beginning to get better and, and recover. Yes, and one of the things, you. yeah, of course. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, that I've been curious about asking you is, you know, there are a lot of parents out there. There are a lot of single parents out there. What words of advice or suggestions that maybe we have not covered right here on the show, what else would you want to say to these people? Life is short. It's nothing but a flicker. Uh Embrace life. Appreciate life. Be grateful because in every situation, there's always something to stop and be grateful for. And that will make a difference. That will change and affect your life, honestly. Yes. Yes. And do you have a specific practice or a ritual of gratitude that you would like to share with the listeners? Sure. Because I've been in hospital Mm -hmm. multiple times prior to this, I've experienced and I've seen other people. And everything that you do, the most important and validated thing that you could do for yourself is literally... Before you get out of that bed and put your feet down, just say thank you because life is nothing but a vapor. You know, direct my path. Ask for guidance because your life is really what people need to understand. Your life is really not your own. You are here for a purpose. So treat each other with love and respect. Treat each other with love and respect. I love it. Arlene, I just, I want to recap one thing too, because, you know, I, I want to add, sorry, not recap, add that you, I kind of feel like that message was, and don't do it alone. Exactly. You, you are a single parent, but you're not alone. That's right. You yeah. cannot do it alone. You always have to have someone in your corner oh, oh, for oh, that oh. support. I have a super important question. Okay, because I do believe in the power of our statements and what comes out of our mouth. Yes. If, if, if there is a single parent out there right now and they are saying words like, oh, but I'm alone, I have to do this alone, um, no one's here to help me, is, do you find that that languaging is, um, is harming them? Absolutely, that's detrimental. Right, so they have to have this shift around. And even if they think that they are right now, how could they take a step towards, like, because they don't want to feel like they're lying by saying, no, I'm not alone. I have all the help in the world, you know? So what, how could they, how could they slowly and gently move towards, um, like, somebody out there is, there is somebody out there who I can find. I just need guidance to, like, maybe ask, ask whom the bigger whatever power they believe in. Is that where you could start? Where could a single parent start who is? It has to start. Yes, absolutely. It has to start with at least a level of faith, knowing that you are created for a person, for a reason. Hmm. There's got to be some person out there. If there's no one in your inner circle, reach out to community. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah. And I think that uh, any, anyone who um, is a parent would realize the adage that it, that takes a village and it takes an entire Absolutely. community. I love mm-hmm. that saying. It mm-hmm. takes a village and that's so true. 
And I'm so glad that you have a village. I love that your mother is with you. I love that your son is so amazing. I love, I love that. <laughs> I love that we are all friends and everybody listening could. I don't, would you welcome people to just chat with you on just a level of support and reaching out? Are you open to that? Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. And Arlene, how can people reach you? Well, um, I have a cell phone number. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's fine. All right. Um, the number is 416-738-6003. Okay. So for the listeners, this is uh, plus, plus one. Arlene, you're from Canada, right? So mm -hmm. it's plus one, four, one, six, seven, three, eight, six, zero, zero, three to reach that's out to Arlene directly. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I, I do love, um, I love that you showed up to express today and expressing both your story um, of both Noah and yourself and how you went through that parenting as a single mom. And I love that you're here to show up and express and teach what self-care tips that you feel have been so valuable. And I love that you're leading in a way that is for a better world, for a more loving world, for a more hopeful world. Mm -hmm. So we, I want to say thank you so much, Arlene, for being here on Express and being the first to kick it off. You're leading. <laughs> Arlene, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, both of you. I really appreciate you. This has been wonderful, guys. This is the first in a series of Express, How to Lead Differently, helping people show up, lead, and teach differently. And Arlene's cell phone number, I'm going to give it to the listeners one more time here, to reach out to Arlene directly, plus one, four, one, six, seven, three, eight, six, zero, zero, three. And Arlene, I hope you get a lot of phone calls from people reaching so. out for help. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, we very much appreciate that you're here to help as a resource. And again, this has been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank Arlene. you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Okay, bye everyone. We'll see you on the next one. See yeah, next one. That's stuff too. <laughs> yes, and good because there will be more. This is Express here on Decide to Transform. All right. And so for Arlene Wallace and my co-host Lisa Berry, I'm Tomas Garza. Everybody have a great day. Yes. Yes. Bye. You too. Bye everyone. Okay, bye.